Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Parenting SOS. You might be wondering, Parenting SOS, is this the right show? What have I clicked on? Well, absolutely, you are in the right place. In this fresh series of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast, we are shaking things up. Rather than sharing stories of parenthood from friends and guests, we are going to delve deeper into specific topics related to pregnancy, birth and the early years. Yes, we are. Our Happy Mum, Happy Baby community is truly amazing. It is growing and thriving. And that is why I've decided it's time to explore some of the subject areas we discuss and respond to some of your questions that you've submitted. For Parenting SOS, I have gathered a team of experts, mums, dads and specialists in various fields to provide you with the most insightful answers. We'll tackle topics like potty training, co-parenting, post-baby sex life and paternal mental health, addressing issues that many of us confront but don't openly talk about. Today, we are joined by Gemma Bird, a.k.a. The Money Saving Mum. Now, Gemma is an influencer, a social media star, and has built a massive following with her practical tips on saving money and managing finances. As a mum of two, she understands the challenges that parents face in providing for their families while staying within 
budget. Gemma's simple yet effective money saving strategies have helped save her a thousand pounds a year without even noticing. It's clearly a massive subject and has been a massive subject for the last few years. It's not going anywhere. Gemma, welcome to the podcast. Hello. I think I might take you with me for every introduction. That was really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start talking about this and realising it was something that you were passionate about and other people resonated with? Previous from social media, I've always been into this from sort of like age seven. I remember picking up coins on the way to school and always saving. And I think it was something mum instilled into me. Like my mum never had a lot of money. It was always a situation of you're not having that, you're not having this, you're not having that. And I remember thinking... I'm going to make sure when I'm older, I'm not going to like be struggling as much as mum. So it was always a case of if you want something, you've got to save for it. And that doesn't matter if that's something really extravagant that you want, because we can all treat ourselves. I'm not about not treating yourself and not having nice things. That's not what I'm about at all. But it's about buying what's within your reach and not overstretching. So not trying to keep up mm. with the next person, because there's always someone better off than you. And there's always someone worse off than you. You know, if everybody sat down in a room and there was 20 girls on a WhatsApp, we're all going to have very different financial situations to the next person. But I've always been that person that if someone's invited me out and said, let's go out for the day, you know, I'm talking sort of when I was in my 20s, and it was maybe £100. If I didn't have it, I was so open and honest and be like, oh, I can't afford it. And they'd be like, oh, you've got savings. And I'd be like, yes, but I'm saving for that. And I used to call it dead money. I'd be like, yeah, I might have, I don't know, £10,000 saved towards that car I wanted, but I'm not going to touch that. I was really strict with my money. I'm like, I've got £200 for the month, for example, and I've got £50 a week. I can't afford to do that. And I never, I've never tried to keep up with people, and I don't now. And obviously, as I've got older and financially, I've got better off. And that's just because really from sort of my teens and my 20s, up to sort of mid-30s, I really have had sort of much at all. I've saved and saved and saved and saved until I'd sort of become mortgage-free. And it's something I've been really passionate about. And with regards to sort of getting it started on social media, I remember I went out with uh, an influencer for a cup of coffee and I was collecting uh, random receipts in Costa. And they were like, I don't think you're allowed to do this, by the way, FYI, but we can say it. (laughs) And she was like, why are you doing that? And I said, well, I earn 15 grand a year I'm really good with my money. And if anyone hasn't put the points on their Costa card, I'll go and add them on the next day and say, oh, sorry, I forgot to add my points. Then I get three cups of coffee. So she said, oh, I'm an influencer. I earn money online. And me being me, I've always turned my hand to things. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go online and see if I can make a career out of this. But I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to shout about a deal. I'm going to say it's okay to be in debt. I'm going to say you don't have to have the boot on shoes to be doing well in life. Like, yeah, and if you do want a designer handbag, like I've got a couple, go to the designer outlets and get them for half price. And let's talk about saving money or saving money on holidays or paying your mortgage off early because it's something I'm really passionate about. And I kind of was a bit... Not in a way, this sounds horrible because I'd love seeing people do well, but sometimes I used to feel a bit down, like when I'd go online and think everybody's got everything and I can't really afford to do that. Yeah. So I was like, do you know what? I'm going to make a change and show other things like just going to the park with your kids or I've saved money on this because I'm a great believer in all the little things add up to the big things. Like we've just had an amazing holiday and somebody said, oh, your money, mum, you've had an amazing holiday. And I'm like, yeah, but that's why I do it because I'm good with my finances. I save up for the things I want. Like day to day, I will take my sandwiches out with me. I'm not bothered about designer clothes. Again, it's about what you're bothered about. If you love designer clothes, that's absolutely fine and that's lovely, but it's all about not getting in debt for them. And I'm really passionate about that. Like you say as well, a large part of it is the way that you are brought up and also what you're surrounded by. Like there is such a living for the weekend mentality for so many people where they'll work all week and then they'll just 
waste it all on I say waste it all because that money's gone but what have you got to show for it maybe it's the memories of being a little bit drunk and tipsy with your mates but you know I guess it's for each person it's about prioritizing what is important for them exactly that and there's no right or wrong when it comes to money either I, I really think that you know you might have a massive passion for shoes for example and a couple of times yeah. a year you buy yourself shoes I like a car for example it's always been my thing I've always saved up and had a nice car and I've always had like a dream car in my head that I've wanted to get to and at 40 I finally got it but again it's about waiting until you can afford it like if I'd have got that in my 20s I wouldn't have been able to save to pay my mortgage off so it's about life choices it doesn't mean I'm amazing or I'm right there's nothing to do with that it's about what you want in life like I always wanted him once I'd had my children in my 40s I wanted to be more financially secure and I think that's a lot of it as well is my first husband left me and it broke my world like I lost everything overnight like I had no career I had no money I had no kids it was the recession was on. I had two properties that I'd bought with my dad. And my dad's not wealthy, FYI, at all. And everything just come crashing down around me. Like, I lost everything overnight. So I think even though now I'm in a better financial situation, I always think it's about planning because things can go wrong for anybody at any time. And yeah. I think maybe where I'm anxious, I'm good at saving money because it's something I can control. Like, I've met you in person, haven't I? And I'm always like, oh, but say this all ends tomorrow. And you're like, Gemma, stop stressing. And I'm like, oh, my God, your career is amazing. And... I love speaking to other men and women that have been successful and I'm just a worrier. So maybe that's why yeah. I'm really good at saving money because I worry <laughs> about absolutely everything. <laughs> we asked the Have and Had Baby community some questions and this is definitely something that's on their mind because 67% said that their main worry is that their dual income is not stretching far enough and a further 90% said that they're trying and failing to support the family on a single wage so that someone can be at home with the kids. So it's not surprising, especially with the cost of living crisis. We don't know. It's so scary, isn't it? You literally don't know what the next next step is. So you can kind of go, okay, we're surviving this bit and then it's going to shift again and you don't know where you're sitting within that. But on Parenting SOS, I ask you your three most ask questions and you've sent them in and the first one is I'm in debt what do I do I imagine this is something you get a lot yeah probably daily really daily yeah I would say some are really hard to read on my dms sometimes I have to switch off before bed because I'll sit there voice noting or trying to chat to them because yeah. I think it's important with regards to debt, I always say the first thing you need to do is write it all down. Your ingoings and your outgoings. That is the first thing you need to do and look at those outgoings. And if you are in debt, what can you cut? And this sounds so harsh, and I've had to say it to some people recently, but it's the only thing you know you can look at doing. Like, have you got a car? Okay, well, what's your car loan costing you? Is it 500 a month? Well, okay, that needs to drop to 200 a month then. And it is heartbreaking because you want that car. Okay, your Sky, everything, TV it's got to all go, your gym membership, it's got to all go. And it's absolutely horrific because that's people's enjoyment, that's people's mental health. I don't want to say that to people at all. I don't agree with it. I don't think you should have to not have it. I'm just saying that if you've got to get out of it, it could be that you need to do it for a year or two years to change your life around then not have those sick feelings anymore about being in debt. Mm. And even as streamers, one lady, her mortgage was so high and it was going to be losing the house. But I said, look, what about looking at downsizing? And that was going to work for her. So she was still had a roof over her head. So look at all things like that first. If 
There is nothing you can do for yourself. You've cut everything out. You've stopped the takeaways. You're, you're batch cooking. You're, you're cutting down on the meat and you're using more lentils and pulses. You're doing everything you can for free. You're doing everything in your power and you truly are, have been really, and I mean ruthless with it if you're in debt, ruthless. And you can't get a second job because you've got the children and childcare is astronomical. So it's so hard to do both. Entitled to the government website to see what you're entitled to. Are you entitled to any benefits? Because a lot of people don't know about it. That's like the tax-free childcare allowance. You can earn up to £100,000 a year and still get that. So a lot of people don't know about these things. So make sure you check that out. If at that point it's still overwhelming, go to somewhere like the Citizens Advice Bureau, and there's Step Change, which is the debt organisation, and they will help you. They will put you in touch. They will walk you through it all. And it will be a way out. There is always a way out. There is light at the end of the tunnel. So they're the the steps I would say to go. So depending on how severe your debt may be, if it's £500 and it's keeping you up at night or it's £200,000, it's about talking. And calling those individual companies as well, for example, if it's the mortgage and you're in arrears, is making sure you contact the mortgage company and speaking to them because they're really, really good actually. If you call and speak to them, they'll put you on arrangements. People say that affects my credit rating. It does, but if you're already in arrears anyway, your credit rating's already been affected. And I always think, no, none of us want our credit rating affected, but again, it's stages, isn't it? And it's steps. And mm. the, the important thing is you don't then get charges on top of that charge, on top of that charge, because then it just starts running away with itself. And it's the same with credit card. If you've done everything you can, look at moving you know, to 0% interest. Can you do that on your credit card? Is your bank offering an, uh, an overdraft where it's 0%? Try and get the interest down on everything first and pay the highest interest off first if you've got two thousand pounds in savings and you've got two thousand pounds worth of debt 99 percent of the time the interest on that debt is probably going to be higher than what you're getting in savings i know rates have risen clear it even though you've got no emergency fund left clear it because you're still getting interest on that because you don't know if that boiler is going to break i always say yes you do yeah. need that emergency fund 100 percent, you definitely do because something will always go wrong every year your hoover's going to break your fridge is going to go you do need an emergency fund because it's fact in our lives there'll be something go wrong we have a car crash we yeah. leak it's just fact but clear your debt first once you've done that and you've cleared that even if you're only left with after you've that had you going out bits, £10, £5, £3, start putting that in a little pot and it will mount up. So that at least if like your fridge goes, for example, and it's £400, if you've got £200 saved, the pressure is hugely halved because mm-hmm. you know yourself, I get a set wage a month, even though I might earn something, I've got a company, so I still only pull a set amount. So if I get a bill coming for two grand, that hits me. That's coming out of my main wages, right? Yeah. But obviously I've got my savings, so I take that out of my savings and I've always thought of, Again, that's probably anxiety, but it is true. Something will go wrong. My friend was like, what do you need a rainy day for? And I'm like, something's going to go wrong this year. Fact. Like, you ain't going through a year without having something go wrong, even if it's your shoes, your heel when your shoe breaks and you need new yeah, shoes. Yeah. Like, it's just fact. It's awful, but you've got to have that emergency fund. So that's the, the best way I would say to anyone to do it. There's no magic wands. There's no quick fix, but there are processes to go through. And there is lots and lots and lots of help. And don't feel alone. What do you think stops people from asking for that help? Is it the age-old thing, like everything in life? Is it the feeling of embarrassment? Is it not knowing where to turn and just feeling overwhelmed by it all? Or is it people just burying their head in the sand and kind of going, can't face it, can't face it, can't face it? I think it's a mixture of all that. And I also think it's a mixture of, oh, if I don't deal with it, it'll go away type thing as well. Like yeah. the letter comes through the door and you're just like, oh, forget that. I'm not, I'll do with that later. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow and just carrying on with your life. But then a lot of the time that debt's then creeping up more and more and more and more and more. And the amount of people that have said to me, do you know what? Like I put step change on the other week and the National Debt Helpline. One of these ladies messaged me. She said, oh my God, you shared that the other week. It was about a week later. She said, I've phoned them. 
I honestly feel like the weight has been lifted. I'm still in debt, but I feel amazing. Yeah. I don't even feel depressed anymore because now I've got a plan in place. It's having a plan, I guess, mm. as well. It's knowing that you're not on your own. It's being proactive about something that is crap. It's horrible to be in that position. It's horrific. Yeah, but shying away from it is not going to help it at all. And I imagine phoning people like that, it's that you've spoken to someone else. It's not someone that's going to have, you know, a negative opinion of you in any way or cast any judgment because they just know that, that that's something that happens to people from so many different walks of life. Your second most asked question, how did you pay your mortgage off and how did you do it? Okay, so it was a mixture of saving and investment. And what the first thing I did was save up for my first property with my first husband. We separated and we both got 50-50 from the house, the money that we built up in the house. So that was a large amount that was paid off for it. I worked as an estate agent, didn't earn a lot of money. I think the maximum I earned was about 25000 a year. So it wasn't huge wages. And I remember somebody came in and he had a Range Rover and all these properties. And I was only 23, so really impressionable. And he was really good looking. And, I'm, and I was like, wow, you know, now you think he's amazing. I was like, how have you got that Range Rover? How have you got all these properties? Me being me. So he was like, oh, well, I've made money buying and selling properties. And I thought, right. I said, well, what have you done then? He said, well, I put the money down and I rent them out. And I swear to you, I walked back in that estate agent, it's a bit like with the Instagram, and I went, right, where's an up-and-coming place? And he went to me, Walthamstow. I thought, okay, he knows his stuff. So I went into the office. I know there's no, there's no amazing tout here to tell you. I Googled properties in Walthamstow and I put them in price order, the cheapest one that was in Walthamstow. Because I thought, if that's the cheapest, this is my logic, it can't go yeah. down much more. So that should make money, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> this is my logic. <laughs> and it was 109000 one bedroom flat in Walthamstow, can you imagine now? And I remember there was a mortgage advisor in the place. This was when you could get 5% deposits. And she said, you've got to put down, I think it was like 10000 or whatever it was at the time. And I'd got a pot of, say, 5000 And I thought, oh, God, I ain't got enough in savings. So I thought, well, hold on a minute. My dad's poor. He might want to do this. So I phoned my dad up and it was a business arrangement. I always stress this just because it was my dad. I could have done it with you or anybody. It really annoys yeah. me when people say about my dad. I'm like, my dad literally laughs because he's renting now. He's like, remember, you've got a rich dad, Gemma. I was like, I wish I did. I've been fleecing you every week. Um, and we went there and um, I saw this property and I said, dad, I found one. It was me that found it. I said, we're going to buy it. I said, right, we need to put in £5,000 each. We kept it for 10 years. But at the same time, a week later, once that had gone through, I found another house in Wolfham Cross. And again, did the same thing, I thought, because I didn't like with the flats that you had to pay ground rent. I didn't realise you had that. Right. So when I bought it, I thought, oh, that rent money is only just covering the mortgage. I've got to find £100 a month for ground rent. So that was stressing me out, as you can imagine. I'm a stresshead. Mm -hmm. So then I went and I bought a house. Again, three bedrooms. And what we did was we used that rent money to put the deposit down on the next house, did that up. And then basically what I did was I kept both the properties for about 11 years. I didn't have one P out of those properties for 11 years. All they did was cover the rent or cover the boiler breaking down or tenants would knock and then I had to take one to call. And oh God, I'd never want to be a landlord again. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't yeah. a dream. I'm not selling it at all. It stressed me out because you have to find a thing. And again, I used to keep it there as a float. So I'd be like, the boiler's going to go. Say they knock the rent. We've got to yeah. pay the mortgage. So you can't touch any of it. And also paying off the mortgage is something that, you know, even growing up, I remember that it's always been a talking point. You know, oh, only this amount of time until we pay off our mortgage. It's something that people aim towards because it's something that hangs over you for such a large chunk of your life. 
you know, so to do it at such a young age. Yeah, and I think I wanted to do it as well because I'd never earned a lot of money. So it always stressed me out that, like, I just wanted to make sure that I could pay off. I mean, we do want to move. So people always say to me, will you have a mortgage when you move? And I'm like, yes, unless I can whip a load of money out of my bum, then... Well, you are the genius mum, so... Yeah, I am you know. the genius mum. I'll probably pay off... <laughs> Headline next week, probably be, she bought a £3 million house on 10 grand a year and she's paid it off. But there you go. We've got our laugh at things like that. I think being older, you do. You're just like, oh, God, yeah. you know. But, yeah, I just think because I was on a low income, I always wanted that pressure off me and I was thought if yeah. I paid that mortgage off I could have loads of holidays a year because I love holidays making memories and that's what I do now and I make there's no apologies about that I've worked I've, I've done my time all my 20s my 30s I've gone without everything to pay this mortgage off so now I'm going to have my holidays and I'm trying mm -hmm. to cram them in because we've missed two years haven't we and then when I move <laughs> I probably won't be going on holiday at all but you know <laughs> it'll be back to the drawing board I'll be like now I'm paying it off again <laughs> and I overpaid on the mortgage on the house I had with my ex as well. We overpaid right. all the time on that mortgage continuously. Every time we had spare cash, we didn't buy things, we paid it off the mortgage. So that's another way I did it as well. Yeah. Just little bits, just knocks it down yeah. a little bit by little bit. Question number three is tips for stay-at-home mums and food costs. Mm -hmm. That's something that's obviously changed a lot over the last few years, food costs, and, you know, you see that rising all the time. Yeah. Tips for stay-at-home mums, I would say a lot of people obviously do this, but don't do things like toy rotation. So, like, if you've got, like, so many toys, and you can buy them from, like, NCT sales, car boot sales. My kids think toy store is Poundland, and I'm not joking you. Brody didn't know That's what so Smith good. Toys was until he was about eight. I'd never taken him in there. You can call me a cruel parent, but he'd been on lovely holidays and everything. And that's what I mean. I'd cut back on things like that. And he's got loads yeah. and loads of toys, absolute yeah. stacks of them. He's just, I've never like gone and thought, oh, I'm going to go and spend £60 on a toy. So I mean, it's, I always just think value for money. I'd rather put that towards taking him to see somewhere in the world. And all these things, people yeah. I know can spend hundreds a month on toys. So with toys, it's a really good way of cutting back because at the end of the day, they don't know if it's secondhand, like puzzles in the charity mm -hmm. shops, taking them back to the charity, buying more selling them on Facebook market pages. Also a really good tip for stay-at-home mums is if you've got like a newborn come in, right on the things like that Facebook market page, looking for a Moses basket, looking for this, looking for that, people will either come to you and say, oh yeah, I've got one for sale for 10, 20, 30, 40 quid, whatever it is. Sometimes as well, people just want to get rid of things. So they'll let you yeah. pick them up for free. So I said this to my yeah. friend, she got a cart, a wardrobe and a Moses basket for nothing because the woman wanted to get rid of it. She was like, no, I'd rather help you. And when she got there, she gave her loads of clothes and everything, like set her up. So it's a really good idea. So literally put that out there to the universe and ask. And with things like baby groups, if you've not got the money, look for church groups, go around to those sort of things because they're pay as you go. So a lot of the time they're a donation, a pound, you can have a cup of tea. So I did a lot of them rather than the paying up £150 up front. I did a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And do things like if you've got like an NCT group or a mum group, have it that you rotate it say there's six here, have like Monday at, say, G's house, next Monday at Gemma's house, and we all go, and then it's your week to host, you buy the cake and the coffee. Then once every six weeks, you've got to pay out for the coffee and cake, but then you've got an activity to do every week rather than going into like Starbucks or Costa. Because yeah. when you're on maternity leave, that's when you're really skin, and all those coffees yeah. add up. Also, look at doing things like online surveys. I've got a reel on my Instagram where there's lots of those where you can just earn a bit of extra cash. No, it's not loads. It's not going to change your life, but it could be 10, 20, 30 pound in Amazon vouchers, which pays for like nappies and things like that. Join parenting yeah. groups like Boots, Pampers, all those things because you get lots of free vouchers and free samples. So look for those making money, sell lots of things online. And if you're a stay-at-home mum, for example, you might have a friend that works in the city and 
they might have lots of things to sell, but they've not got the time. So you could do it that they come round and you say, well, look, I'll sell all your stuff here and I'll take 30, 40, 50, 20% of the profit. And then you've basically got yeah. a business. You've got no outlay because you can sell on Vinted, eBay, Facebook forum. You've got no outlay stock because they're giving you the stock. It's a business. You can mm-hmm. start like that overnight and you can earn money. A mystery shopper as well. And maybe possibly look at, and you've got some extra time, maybe look at like, especially like at Christmas and things like that, maybe driving jobs, you know, like perms and things, because delivery driving, online shopping's gone mad, or weekend work if you want to, and it's hard because you're not with the kids, and you've got someone to look after the child, because I always say, if you're getting sort of £10 now, and nursery's £12 now, it's counteracting itself, isn't it? So look at all things like that, and try and keep within those budgets. Food costs, so scanners is a really good one when you go in the supermarket grab a scanner if you can see the amount going up you're less likely to put things in your basket you know as you're scanning ah, going around yeah, you've got like yeah, 10 pound yeah. 12 pound 14 pound 15 pound you think christ i've put that bar in i don't really need it really doing that i'm just going to give you some bullet points because i've got so many price per gram or per kilo don't shop down the end holes go to the end and go to the bottom they put the cheaper ones at the bottom to keep it out of eyesight for you so make sure you're looking at that Look at things like trying to bulk out your dinners. So, like, if you're doing a bolognese, use half carrots, half mints. Don't put everything Mm -hmm. in as mints because it's the meats that are expensive. Maybe try and add pulses and things like that, you know, because these are all the meats have really, really, really gone up. And obviously, freezer is your best thing. So, if you're not sure whether to freeze something, simply go on Google. You can freeze so much stuff. Go to Ikea, get them sandwich bags, cook a dinner, freeze half of it write it on pop it in the freezer i waste nothing in this house it's like ready steady cook there could be one carrot one onion a <laughs> bit of tomato puree and some spaghetti i'm like right we got a dinner kids let's go um and use the food blender to blend things up if you've got fussy eaters like bronte she's a nightmare so like i blend up the courgettes and the mushrooms and the carrots make it into a big pattern and then do it in a shepherd's pie but there might only be that much meat in it the rest of it's veg but with all the sauce yeah. and the gravy they don't notice it we can taste it as adults but they don't so that's uh, another good thing also pick up those free magazines when you're in the supermarket as well because a lot of the time they've got coupons in the back of them those and obviously all the loyalty vouchers I think most people know about that now but there's still people out there that don't have Nectar cards Tesco club cards you've got to get them they're free they're simple and like Tesco club cards if you've got a big family I'm pretty sure this offer is still on but look at the Tesco club card plus I think it's like 7.99 a month but you get where I'm going with it like looking at taking things or changing a meat that you're using you know a chicken fries chicken chicken wings and switching up what you're using as well and planning is so important I mean I'm scatty I'm not the best planner but I do always write my meals down when I go shopping I always have done a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we have asked the Happy My Baby community to send in some of their questions. Number one is what are some of the biggest mistakes that parents make when it comes to managing their finances? Probably the biggest mistake is the minute you get pregnant is one of the biggest mistakes. You know, like when you, the minute, well. <laughs> just, just getting pregnant. I didn't oh, mean right, like that. That sounds like having a child in the first place um, is the worst thing you could do. Maybe we should do that. That's no, keep it in. It's quite funny. No, keep Don't in, have keep them. <laughs> solved. Don't have them. Everything solved. Everything solved. Your body will remain the same. You'll have money for the rest of your life. Happiness, sleep. Oh, Anything sleep. else that you need to know? I might be a parenting coach after this. I think I've got some I good... think you should. Stop. Don't have any more. No, jokes aside, what I was going to say is if you're still both working is start putting the money away then. Try and start living off maternity leave the minute you get pregnant. So I know it sounds oh. really crazy. So like month one, like say like, I'm just going to go January. Not that we can get pregnant in January, but it's easy for me to think <laughs> Christmas of the was year. Fun. Yeah, Christmas was fun. Christmas was fun. Now you're pregnant. <laughs> the minute I found out I was pregnant with Brody, for example, my first, he's 10 now, I worked for a bank. And I basically told myself right now, it wasn't, I don't know what it was at the time, 6.50 a month or something I was getting for maternity whatever it is and I said right say I'm earning 1500 I'm going to act like I'm earning a thousand so I'm still better off I said to Adam let's act like I'm not earning that so that when I was off for that three months where there was no pay I had Mm. that buffer so that's a really good one to look at and start doing then it's about making changes like if you're a parent for the first time things are going to change and you are going to have less money but Jokes aside, like it's going to be the most amazing thing ever, like your little baby. And it's a short period of time you've got to get through. I always say that to people, like they'll be at school, like Bronte starts school this year. It's trying to manage those first couple of years and they're the hardest, they're the toughest. They're the ones that you do need to save up for. So it's trying to, if you can, save whilst you're still in work, just to buffer those first few years. And if you are having a couple of years off work, maybe looking at things like not having sort of holidays for the first couple of years, because I know that, again, it's not great, but maybe changing the way that you're doing it. Or if there is another mum and you can both work part-time, if she's working, say, like a Monday and a Wednesday, could she have your kids for you on the Monday and Wednesday and then you have hers on the Thursday and the Friday? If there's two of you that can double up, it's great. And look at things like trying to do little work with your children. Is there anything you can do? Like my mum used to do ironing, for example, when us kids were little, or she used to clean people's houses and they allowed my sister, I was older then, my sister to go with my mum. And it's Mm. just about everything is going to change your lifestyle. But I think as well, like, when you have that baby beforehand, obviously you're buying everything for you and you probably know this yourself, like you never really buy yourself clothes once you have kids. You don't really go out like you used to before you had kids. So try not to worry as much as it is because it is going to be more parks, walks, getting things for them and don't overbuy for your child like clothes like when they first arrive like when you get all those newborn clothes if you've got 30 newborn outfits you don't need 30 go back to the shop and change them for six to nine months nine to twelve months I did that after my baby shower and I had clothes up for the first 18 months that were bought for Brody because I changed them for bigger sizes because I thought I don't need more than 10 of these or he's only going to wear them once so I would do it that I had that many clothes and look Mm -hmm. at doing things like that and again making sure 
you're looking at government websites because when you have a child you could be entitled to working tax credits you could be entitled to your family well, it's not family announced is it anymore I always call it that because that's what mum used to call it <laughs> but yeah go on that and look at what you're entitled to because when you have a child there's a lot of things and extra help you can get there's like milk vouchers if you're on a really low income there's lots of different things you can do and obviously all the other sort of tips I've given you about the boots and the other things all tie hand in hand with that as well yeah amazing Another person has asked, how can parents get started with saving money even if they're on a tight budget? If you've got anything left over at the end of the month, which a lot of people don't have, obviously, but if you do, it's a mindset. People think, oh, it's only a fiver. There's no point in putting it away. But that fiver goes a tenner to 30 to 40 to 50. So I would say start small, just start. Because the minute you start, it can become a bit of a bug, like going to the gym or going on a diet, whatever it is you're into. Like I'm not into dieting or gymming, but you know, I sort of relate it to that. So make sure you put a start, small amounts add up to big amounts, especially interest rates are good at the moment. So if you can sort of say, you know, go do your research, do you want it long term? Do you want it short term? Is it something you want to pull out? Savings is very much an individual need. People say, where should I save? But it's like, okay, well, do you want the money when you're 60? Do you want the money in a year? Do you want this over a 10 year? So it's, it's looking at the investment you want. Are you a high risk saver? Are you a low risk saver? So it's all that amalgamating. But the best thing to do is to start. And if you're unsure at first, I would just do an instant access, good interest right just to get you started putting it in there and if you think you are rubbish with the money the best day to save is the day you get paid not at the end of the month the day you get paid so you say you get paid two thousand pounds a month and your bills come out and they're 1500 a month and you've got 500 to live off at the end of the month and you want to save 100 pounds you save it on the first and call it whatever you want i used to call it dead money and then you know you've got 100 pound a week then the day before you get paid go into your account if you've got 66p left in there transfer that with the 100 as well so do it at the start of the month and at the end of the month if you don't do it at the start you won't probably save you have to do it the day you get paid because once it comes out you don't counteract it to your money if someone says to you know about going out be like even if you had that money if you do really want to save be like no i've only got this left for the month look at your saving money like your bill money is the best way to say it if you see what i mean Mm mm-hmm Yep, absolutely. So someone has said, growing up, our family never discussed money, but I wish we did. How can I talk to my children about money and teach them good financial habits from a young age? How young do you think we should be talking about money? I think in a relative way from straight away, like my daughter's four, and I will say to her quite blatantly in the shop, no, it's expensive. You're not having that. You've already had that today. And it might not be expensive. It's about trading them. And I I think it's not about forcing it down their throats, but I also think it's fine to say no. Yeah. Like absolutely fine because you're actually probably going to raise a better child because you can't go to your boss at the end of the month and be like, oh, I've spent all my money at the cinema. Can I have 100 quid? I can't just walk into your house now and be like, can you give me 100 pounds? You'd be like, well, why, Gemma, wouldn't you? You'd ask me why. If I said to you, oh, I want to go Starbucks, you'd be like... No, if I said to you I need to feed my family, then you'd be like, right, come on, we'll get in the car and I'll take you to the food shop. It's different. So I think we should be talking about it in a roundabout way from a young age. But again, there's no right or wrong with how you do it or when you do it. It's what feels right to you. Brody now's 10 and he'll say to me, oh, that's a lot of money, that is, if it's £50 or whatever, because... I've kind of just naturally instilled that into him. So I've spoken about it in a roundabout way. Like I used this one with the ice creams. I've said this a few times, but it really resonated with me. Brody asked me for an ice cream the first day of the school holidays. It was £2. Fine, have an ice cream. Yeah, over the park, no ice cream. Yeah. Next day I went over, can I have an ice cream? I said, no. He went, why? I said, because they cost money. Now, of course I can afford £2, right? That wasn't the point. I just think 
no, you're not having something every single day. Like, it's a treat. Yeah. So he went, oh, two pounds, not a lot of money. That's what he said to me. So I said, how much is a lot of money then, Brody? And he was about seven at the time. He went, £10. That's what he felt was a lot of money. I went, okay, yeah. if I buy you an ice cream every day this week, that's £10. Then he went, oh, that is a lot of money, Mum. And I went, yeah, exactly. I said, so you can have one today and one at the end of the week. So I was letting him have like two weeks. I thought, I don't want you eating ice cream every single solitary day. And he was like, oh, okay. And that was just a little example of, to us, we might think, if you said to me, what's a lot of money? I might say like £10,000 when you're an adult. But he thought £10, and I still think a tenner is a lot of money, a tenner's a tenner. But it's about educating your kids. So even if they are really little and they're going in Poundland, and Bronte always says to me, can I have this and can I have this? I say, no. I say, one toy, Bronte. Mm-hmm. And it's not about whether I can afford it or not, whether I'm being a mean mum. I want her to understand she can't have everything. So I think that's yeah. a good way to, to do it with them. It's that thing, isn't it? You go to a museum, you go to a zoo, whatever you go to, you finish in the gift shop. Oh. And there's always a thing. The kids always want something. And what I found fascinating is that we had that when we were on holiday. We went to Edinburgh for a little weekend trip. They kept going on about it. They got it that they could have one thing. But interestingly, then they had both had birthday monies, a birthday money. And we took them out on a separate trip and they had the money, physical money, that was theirs. And they understood that if they wanted to get something, they would have to hand over their physical money to get it and that really shifted things in their brain and I wonder how much with kids it's important so that they actually see what they're doing okay that was your birthday or maybe you've helped us with the chicken so you've got a pound for collecting eggs or whatever you know but now you have to give away what you've earned to get something that you like Brilliant. and it really has shifted their outlook on it well, for now. So that's parenting, isn't it? It's lovely when you're spending other people's money, like I said to you earlier. Yeah. If I had a loaded dad or I come round to you and you went, here's a thousand pounds, I feel thank you so much. <laughs> I enjoy spending that in Prada, love. Thank you. <laughs> when it's your money, it is so true. Like you're so much more careful with it. And that is what we need to be with like with our kids. Like I'm going to sound the worst mum ever now. I've never bought them anything in the museums or anything since where they've gone through it. Haven't you? Not once. <laughs> Not once have I caved. I'm like, no, we've been for the day out. We're going to go and have our jam sandwiches in the park. Come on. Oh, I've definitely barked behind them. Don't even look. Don't even look. Keep on walking. Yeah, Keep I'm on like, walking. No, you're not having that because it's £85 for a Crazy. floating wand. Like when you go to Harry Potter, <laughs> it's a piece of wood. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go and get you a stick from the garden and I'll engrave it from Harry himself and send you it. I went into B&M and got him a floating pen for a tenner instead for Christmas. And he's just as happy with it. He's like, oh, but why, but why? I'm like, oh. And I actually said to him, oh, because it's like £55 for a bit of plastic. Just because it says Harry, it's not magic. It's not going to turn you into, if it was, I'd be buying it and zapping myself bigger boobs, zapping myself a better this, <laughs> zapping, do you know what I mean? Like making myself taller. It's not going to yeah. work. For 55 quid, yeah. if, if it did that, but I'd be buying the shop. Someone has asked, how do I save money when I don't have time to shop around for the best deals? I've got an answer for that. Have you? Right. What is it? Download onto your computer, Honey. Yeah. Or Coupert. Coupet, Coupert. It's one of the two. And Honey, basically, it's an extension browser. So what it does is when you go online, say you're shopping on a clothing store... When you yeah. go to the basket to check out, once Honey is installed into your browser, it searches the entire internet for any discount code that anyone had put on today. So you could have put on a code, Martin Lewis could have put on a code, and it finds it and then it just automatically adds it to your basket. That's amazing. And then you check That's out. That's incredible. There you go. And also what you've got 
is if you've got like, for example, a credit card, like I've got a credit card, I buy a thing on my credit card because I pay it off each month to get the points. Of course I do. But <laughs> I shop through Shops Away. So I then build air miles when I shop through Shops Away. So I get like two air miles if just by clicking their cookies. So I shop on Shops Away. I go through to the thing. I then use Honey, which finds me the biggest discount code. So then I get extra air miles and I get my discount. And it takes no extra time because nope. it's all there. So someone has said, I'm a new mum and need advice on the cost of childcare versus going back to work. How can I afford it or work out whether it will work or not? Okay, so you need to go on to Entitled To, as again, like I've said before, or the childcare website. There's three parts of childcare. So if you're on universal credits, you will get the 30 hours, but you won't get the tax-free childcare allowance. If you're earning up to £100,000 a year, you'll get the 30 hours, and you can also, on top of that, get the tax-free childcare allowance. But again, that's going on the website, and each person, because there's some exemptions, like with disabilities, carers, and things like that, so you need to look at each of the criterias individual to you, but it's really important that you do check it out because there's three different types and then weigh it up. So you'd need to obviously find out what you're earning an hour, what the nursery cost is costing, but it's really, really simple to get the funding. Obviously, it's going to be coming in from nine months soon. If you're looking at the 30 hours, you need to register it online and then you'll get a code and you have to submit that code to your nursery along with your national insurance number and your child's name. So you need to find a nursery that is accepting the 30 hours. Most do and loads of private schools do as well. So if you have got a child, this is another tip to save a bit of money. Sounds mad. But if you've got a child in school and you always have the summer holidays off, normal nurseries obviously go run throughout the year. So you pay throughout the year. Private schools have the summer off. So I found that Bronte going to a private school nursery was about £400 a month cheaper than going to the nursery down the road because I didn't need her in school in school terms. So look at doing that as well. But not all private schools take it. But again, a lot do, some don't. So it's looking around, but you need to do your own research on it. But yeah, go on the literally the government website, childcare tax, 30 hours and the universal credits. And there's also websites called Entitled To. So there's three different things for the childcare that you can get. And as I say, the dates are all coming out and they are yeah. expected to start rolling in as soon as October, then March. And I think it's by end of next September, they're going to be completely rolled out. But as I say, with governments and legislation, who knows? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Until it's written in stone, I'm not part of the government, but yeah. <laughs> You're not? No. Oh, God, I don't think I'm bright enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're plenty bright enough. Don't you worry about that. So we end each podcast with you completing three sentences. The first one is being a parent means. Everything and more. Best thing I've ever done in the world. I literally cannot sometimes breathe when I see them. Sometimes they drive me mad, but it's absolutely worth every single solitary blood, sweat and tear. Definitely. <laughs> Next one. If I could tell you one thing, it would be. Don't worry about what other people think. They're totally irrelevant, probably. I like that. And you can apply that to absolutely everything. Finally, I'm happy when. When I'm outside and I'm with people, friends, my children, family, Paul, and having a cup of coffee. I love a coffee and a walk. <laughs> Amazing. Gemma, thank you so much. Honestly, like, you're so full of wisdom in this area. There's a reason why so many people turn to you. So thank you so, so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me on. I'm honoured. <laughs> ah, thank you. (Laughter) 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.